to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sugar Coated. It's a Friday here in New York, and I am super excited to introduce you to my guest. She is a CEO, a founder, an entrepreneur, and, and a force of nature, really. Her name is Angelica Marie Omikwa Eshisimwa, and I am so proud to introduce you to her today. I met her, Angelica Marie, uh, when she reached out to me to provide some lovely items for our Unbreakable Retreat that we're doing at the beginning of May. And when I read about her and her story and everything that she's doing with her business, I just had to invite her on the show. So welcome to Sugar Coated, Angelica Marie. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Adrian. Of course. So why don't you let everybody know a little bit about you and your story um, and how you actually came to be an entrepreneur doing the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah, so it all started from burnout, which I'm sure, you know, you and all your listeners know very well. I was 22 at the time. I was in a completely different industry, the entertainment industry that I had been, you know, in for several years. That's the path that I, you know, wanted to be in pretty much all my life. And I was doing all like the successful things. But at the end of 2019, around Thanksgiving, I discovered a benign breast tumor. And it completely, you know, turned my world upside down and really made me realize how much I was focusing on everything but myself, but my own um, well-being. And then when the pandemic hit, I got furloughed from the show and it was just a time of reflection. And I really realized that, you know, my physical health, my mental health and my spiritual health, you know, needed attention, needed support. So I decided to leave the show that I was on and start Omekwa, um, which means nature's vessel and God sent. So it's really built upon the foundation of using herbal remedies, you know, that have been here for centuries to support us and our well-being. And through that, I've really developed it further into Omekwa Oasis, which is a community that supports your entire wellness journey with our products and by connecting you with holistic practitioners. So that's where I am today. I love it. You know, it's super unfortunate that you had that health scare and that health 
crisis. Sometimes, I think we talked about this uh, a while ago, I, I think sometimes your body tells you when you're not listening to other signs or not seeing other signs around you, your body, you know, throws you for a loop and says, slow down. And it's kind of amazing. As you were talking, I was thinking, you know, there's that whole idea of that the great resignation and how everybody left, not everybody, but, you know, a a lot of people left the workplace and they they don't want to go back. And I think it's because you mentioned, you know, even though we pursue something because we love it and we have passion for it, sometimes that goes awry. And I just think that so many people, it's not just the great resignation, but it is in a lot of ways that the great awakening and the fact that you are building this community with this concept of of an oasis, a rest, a, a vessel for rest is such a beautiful thing. So how how can people kind of find you and the community and you know, all the different products that you're creating and everything that you're doing. How can we join up? Because I know that I need some, an antidote to burnout. <laughs> yeah, of course. So everything lives on the Omekwa website, which is just O-M-E-K-W-A.com. So on there, we have the Omekwa Organic Store. But then I also have, and and what really is the first step into the Oasis, is our self-care success assessment. So I built out this free assessment based off of delivering myself from a three-month-long depressive episode and really learning that, you know, to really support myself and bring myself out of it, I needed to take care of myself um, physically, which is that herbal support, those healthy habits, mentally, which is just rewriting that negative story that I was telling myself and creating the negative patterns in my life. And then spiritually, which was really being connected to my purpose, my why, which is you know, what I'm doing right now. And and because I've built my life upon those things, I'm thankful to say that I'm in a mentally healthy place. So this assessment, it's just like five, seven minutes long, and it really helps you see what your core self-care pillar is, and then immediately gives you five steps that you can take today to strengthen it. And then beyond that, if you want, you have that consultation and call with me, and I just learn all about you what you're facing in your life, where you want to go. And then on the top level, we really create that 90-day plan for you, get you into the Oasis, into a community of other women who are also on their journey, and then connect you with the practitioners for your specific need, um, if you need that in your life right now, like herbalists and such. Um, Mm. And then another free resource, I created a Burnt Out to Bright video course. So that's where Mm. you can just learn the five essential keys to beating burnout. Um, And I really, I would say, like, address the common misconception behind burnout, which is that it's just a physical thing. We, We talked about this a little bit, too. But, you know, burnout is as much, you know, you're not getting enough sleep as it is. What are your thoughts and feelings towards work? How are you approaching work? Are you setting boundaries in your work and and family life? So it really helps it and walks you through that. So really short and fun free course. 
That sounds amazing. And, you know, it's funny that I've been speaking to a couple of different people um, and this idea of community, especially, you know, not that it wasn't always there, but this idea of community is something that I feel like is is really coming out, like it's being spotlighted. And it it feels like it's the thing that we lost, even though social media was supposed to have given us this ability to connect with people, you know, all over the world, right? There's no borders anymore. But I think that because it has that addictive quality to it, that we really lost the ability to connect on like that soul level that you can only get when when you do spend time with people. You know, I'm not saying that you have to spend t- time with people face to face, but even, you know, something like this where we are in community with each other, we're talking to each other, we're not just texting. I think it's a beautiful thing that you're creating a community and that the world is almost moving back toward, you know, establishing these communities. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole idea about Oasis. It's, it's the, the idea of being able to go to the elders in your community who have like the different skills and the different passions and know exactly what you need and having that communal care. Mm-hmm. You know, I really... When I was just going through my own issues, even before I, I experienced that depressive episode and just dealing with my own health care with the tumor and, and um, I, I didn't feel seen or heard through that whole medical process. And I think, you know, when we're really thinking about the idea of health and wellness, it can be such an isolating journey to get ourselves to the place that we want to be. You're really not only trying to improve your body, but your mindset in relation to like who you are right now, where you want to be, how you're taking care of yourself. So, you know, just utilizing community and trying to, I guess, bridge the the digital and take advantage of, you know, what digital spaces can do for us in terms of connecting us globally, but making sure that it's intimate and authentic at the same time. That's key. I think, I think that's key. I think that that's the piece that was missing and what ended up happening with, and especially so many of, you know, the younger generation that they were growing up with these devices. So they're growing up being able to connect or get or, you know, satisfy their boredom, but yet they they really don't know how to truly connect. I definitely think that we need to not necessarily move away from the screens because I don't think that that's going to happen, but have that respite, that that oasis to go to. And, you know, the the friends, quite frankly, I, I know that, you know, growing up, I, I didn't have, you know, the I mean, comparatively, like I had an an amazing upbringing and everything, but nobody escapes this world, I don't think, without any type of tragedy in in their lives. But one of the things that I really credit my, you know, positive attitude maybe and, and mental health toward is the fact that I always had a really good group of friends. We would spend hours and hours, you know, just talking like we we would talk on the telephone, falling asleep, you know, watching something together, talking about our feelings, like 
sleepovers, just talking, talking, talking. And I, I think that, and talking about our fears and everything that we, you know, didn't like about ourselves or that this one said and that hurt our feelings. And I think that that got me through a, a lot of the the harder times that I had growing up. And I don't think that kids have that ability to, to do that because they're so goddamn overscheduled and just disconnected. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, you're definitely in a different generation than me. So you, you, you grew up a digital native, right? What do you think would have helped you to maybe recognize that you were headed toward like a burnout? Now that you can look back and see what happened, were there signs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the most obvious sign was that I never felt like I could be authentic in the spaces that I was in. Again, in the age that I grew up, it was so easy. It was easier to revert to digital spaces and entertainment and games as a form of you know, as a form of solace, as a form of entertainment and engagement instead of, you know, actual people and actual relationships, especially me, I moved around a lot. I went to seven different schools before college. So I never really got to experience what it was like to have sustaining, genuine relationships and be able to fully be myself. And that really became exacerbated when I was in college and I started to be in these corporate spaces where authenticity and communion and connection is not very encouraged. And it's not mm -hmm. the, the, especially as an intern, you know, I'm just yeah. the intern. Oh. Everyone's <laughs> a decade older than me. So it, it, it's like, I think when you get further and further away from feeling present and engaged and happy to connect with and learn from the people around you, that's when you know you're really headed off track. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful and blessed to say, you know, after I've done the work to become mentally healthy and I've gotten myself back out there as an entrepreneur, I'm able to meet and engage with so many amazing people. I mean, even the fact that I'm talking with you right now, you know, as open as I am, I wouldn't fathom being able to do this, you know, or have the opportunity to do this a few years ago. And mm -hmm. I really think that just speaks to the power of when you're able to recognize the situation and space that you're in and recognize how disconnected you are from it, and then actively take the steps to create a life that is full of authenticity and, and recognition, those experiences come into your life naturally. And it's, it's truly a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, I think about corporate and, and I grew up in, in the corporate world and you do have to put on something different than you are in order to fit in and it can really mess with your identity. I, I know that it messed with mine. Um, it's one of the reasons that I became an entrepreneur as well. My journey to entrepreneurship really was prompted by like an incident where I realized that I just didn't fit in and like who, who I was was like not gonna fly in this like big bureaucratic organization. And that 
it was time for me to, you know, peace out. And I felt so good at the time about, even though I, even though I felt terrible because it, I felt like it was a commentary on me and that the way that I was was not good. It wasn't going to lead to success almost, you know. Um, if I continued to be who I was, I was not going to to succeed. And that that threw me for a big loop. I was so relieved to to leave the corporate world. And then, you know, entrepreneurship is hard. It is hard. You know, things don't just come to you. You have to really work. You have to not only just work hard, but you need to work smart and understand customer value and and everything that you're delivering. And so when when I found it to be a struggle to succeed as an entrepreneur, I started to tell myself the story that, hey, maybe they were right. And that really has, you know, that messed with me as well. And I, you know, I do a lot of just self-reflection and work in order to sort of get over that. But that that's a, you know, that's a, it was almost like a, a trauma that is is very difficult. And my whole point is that I just think that it's so unfortunate the way that the corporate structure and then even people within that structure uphold these crazy rules that don't honor people as human beings. It's I hope that the companies that we are both and other women and other, you know, progressive people are creating get rid of that ethos. Yeah, I mean, when we even talk about like the 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 structure and again like the ethos that is placed upon us and affects how we think and and operate and work, I realized, you know, after listening to and I've listened to dozens of self-help and development books and that's that's one of the things that keeps me truly going and keeps me alive. But one of the books um, by Napoleon Hill called The Law of Success, he also did Think and Grow Rich. You know, again, mm-hmm. he, he outlined the six universal fears. And I realize three of them are directly connected to burnout. And I think also connected to just how a lot of corporate workplaces operate. And he said, you know, it's the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, and the fear of the loss of someone's love. Mm. So I think a lot of the times, you know, in corporate workplaces or these environments, humans tend to project their own fears onto others, onto, you know, seeing that you had, you were fearless in the fact that you were able to represent yourself in a way that was authentic to you, that subconsciously may have told them like, oh, I, I have to act a certain way and she's not acting that way. Why isn't she acting that way too? Why isn't she fearing that criticism too? So I think a lot of the times, you know, um, a lot of this, this fear-based action and this fear-based situations that we, we are kind of put through as humans, you know, we really have to work through deprogramming that and recognizing that and not letting that, you know, how you said you've done the work to get over telling yourself that story, that fear-based story that was placed upon you by other people, you know, in a, in a, in a tra- traumatic way. And I've definitely felt that too. I think when we learn to, again, like recognize that and recognize that it is not 
a part of who we are and it's just an experience and energy and story that has been placed upon us, it really empowers us to do do the work to write an empowering story, to write a story that is resilient and learns from the failures, that learns from the struggles and and goes forth from that. Yeah, I really like that perspective too because it sort of places the ownership and the control back into your own hands so that you can evaluate a situation and say, I have a choice of how I'm going to react to this. And I think when you're in a state of burnout or, you know, your mind is is just spinning, spinning, it's hard to get that perspective sometimes. And I, I do think that, like, that's why sometimes we get you know, like a physical ailment that, that, you know, slows us down. Like even right now, as we're talking over the last, God, it's, I think it's been about a week and a half now, I've had a terrible jaw pain. And it's, you know, I know that I'm trying to be told something. It's probably stop talking. <laughs> but um, but it, there, there's something that's, you know, there's a lot of tension. I do have a lot of things that are coming up in uh, just like my business and having to juggle a whole bunch of things. And I think the, the stress of all of that and the recognition that I was the one that made all of those choices to stack my plate in that way, you know, I think it's telling me that I shouldn't do things like, like that. I, I tend to say yes a lot because I'm a people pleaser and I'm trying to work on that. But it's something that I need to put boundaries into place. And this jaw pain, one of the things that I'm trying to do with it which I, I hope is, is sort of like the right thing, is instead of just trying to mask the pain and, and figure out like, you know, physically, why does my jaw hurt? It's, it's more like spiritually, why does your jaw hurt, Adrian? Yeah, and I mean, you've, you've done the most, I think the most important step, which is the recognition and making the active choice to not ignore it and not mask it because we're really trained to just, you know, hey, just pop an Advil, keep going, pop an Advil, keep going. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really the opportunity for you to, and I've definitely, because I get a lot of neck pain too. My back gets full of knots. <laughs> Anytime I get a massage, the yeah. masseuse is like, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> so many knots. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I think, you know, it's it's just an opportunity to like a not be not be harsh with yourself that you put so mm. much on your plate and just recognize, you know, what you know, where again where you can set those boundaries and know that boundaries are empowering you and empowering the people who are coming into your life and asking you for things because instead of, you know, providing them you know, with a fraction of what you can provide, it's saying like, hey, I can't give you what you deserve right now because I deserve this time. But, you know, yeah. when I do or I know someone who can provide what you need for you, it's truly a win-win situation. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, I I, I sort of understand why you wouldn't want to go back into a corporate job after, you know, you, you took care of yourself and everything. 
But it's not like entrepreneurship is, you know, the easier path or easier road. So how did you make the decision for yourself that because you could have you could have gotten a job in, at another company where things were better, done research, all of that kind of stuff. But you chose entrepreneurship, which I love. I think that's the right choice. But t- please sort of share your your thought process behind like, okay, I want to start this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a few reasons. I mean, Just background on the company, my mom wanted to start this company and wanted me to start the company years ago when I was in entrepreneurship. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to be in entertainment. This is what I'm supposed to do. Um, It's going to be too hard. I knew it was going to be difficult. And I was like, no, it's going to be too hard. I don't want to do it. But, you know, when the time came and I kind of, you know, I'm a very spiritual like person and, you know, God has been very present in my life for a while. Um, So in the midst of the pandemic and just seeing, again, the problem, the gap in the market, because, you know, entrepreneurs, we solve problems. And I saw like, hey, there's there's no one teaching us and helping us to live properly, like a real like structure, real system integrating, you know, the resources that we have on Earth here that have been here for centuries to help us live properly And one day I was just sitting alone in my apartment in April, middle of the pandemic. And, you know, I had that, that voice, that realization, like, oh, you need to start Omequa. It's time to do Omequa. I was taken aback because I was like, (laughs) I, I'm supposed to be (laughs) like, I've been in the entertainment industry. This has been my path for several years, but I took that jump and I was confident taking that jump because I knew deep down, it was what I was supposed to do. I knew that no one was doing what I was doing. I was naive. I jumped into it because I was naive. Naturally, there needs to be some naivete as to, to make that jump into yes. <laughs> complete, you know, you know, no support oblivion. But, and I had my mother's support. My mother, mm. you know, she was ecstatic when I said, I'm going to do this because she's been wanting she wanted me to do it for years. My middle name is Omekwa. Um, yeah, it's your destiny. <laughs> it, it, truly, it truly is. And, you know, after gone through, you know, the first year of just hard knocks, like truly just, you know, every failure, you know, the financial strain, everything. I am just so aware of this is what I'm supposed to do. Again, I'm able to be authentic. I'm able to meet so many interesting people and have like such a dynamic work environment. Yes, it's it's difficult. Yeah. I'm caring a lot, but I'm able to go into spaces and foster spaces that I've always dreamed of being in. Honestly, I'm living a life that I never could have imagined and dreamed of, to be very honest. Yeah. So that's what makes the trials of entrepreneurship um, worth it for me is because I know I'm doing what I'm what God placed me on this earth to do. That's truly, yeah, you know, the basis of it. Yeah. And I think you got the passion for wanting to be in the entertainment industry. That came from somewhere. And I'm sure that that hasn't gone away, that this idea of making people laugh or telling stories or, you know, putting together like a production that elicits an emotion in people. So to me, it also sounds like, you know, as you go along in in life's journey, you pick up all of these different tools and 
it just because you're doing what you're doing right now doesn't mean that entertainment and and what you loved about it isn't going to work its way into what you're doing, right? (laughs) Oh, no, um, a million percent. I already know. I realized (laughs) just how Omekwa, what I'm doing right now, how it will meld with what I love about the entertainment industry and, and to the grander scheme of things in terms of making content that is interactive and engaging in terms of it's challenging you to be a better person like instead of like a lot of the passive media that we have right now Mm. you know and just storytelling it's just the most powerful medium it's the most powerful way to communicate and just um, melding storytelling with my mission of you know holistic wellness and all the formats that I'm able to do that whether it's through being a public speaker through writing fiction and nonfiction books. Um, so it's truly expanded my view of how can I, I express my creativity. And I think, you know, in the broader sense, how, you know, everyone could really, I guess, learn from that is I, I say that everything happens for a reason. And if you take that career pivot, there are aspects of yourself that you developed there that you can bring over into that next phase of your life, that next path in your life, that'll make it even more unique to you and 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 specific to you. So yeah, yeah, it's the chapters. It's the chapters that make the novel, you know. And it's like unless we can, you know, the, a chapter has got to come to an end in order for the story to keep progressing. So. I think sometimes we look at like, oh, that didn't work. I'm a failure. That was a failure. No, no, no. We really need to reframe those things and say, whatever I needed to learn, I've I've learned. Or if even if I'm not aware of what I've learned, that chapter closed. Move on to the next. I, I like to, I don't know why, I think maybe because my high school experience was actually really good. I always say, like, for me, and I know so many people it wasn't good for, but I always say high school was great, but it's time to graduate. You know, it's time to move on. You can't stay in high school forever, and nor would you want to because you would never experience tragedy and beauty and all the things that make us human if you just stayed in high school. So I think we have to adopt that same type of perspective and mentality as we move through our careers. And especially today, you know, in the past, when I started working, there were people that were at companies for 25, 30, 35 years. And that is just not the way that it it works at all anymore. So it's almost easier to sort of like move in and out, kind of pick up this along the way. This is something else that goes into the backpack of the journey of your your own personal career story and 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 life. Um, and I like that. I, I love like I I would say like oh I wish I was young, not because I I want to be young, but I I feel that sort of the people that are kind of coming up through college now are much more, they honor themselves more and they wouldn't necessarily put up with, you know, some of the crap that 
my generation, I sound like an old lady, my generation um, had to put up with. I always felt like I was so bold and like a rebel, but I really identify with, you know, the Gen X and everything that they want to learn. They want to do good. They, they, they don't want money just for money. They, they actually, you know, want to make an impact. And I love it. I love it so much. It's so inspiring to me. Yeah, the just looking, even like looking at when I visited my college campus and I'm just like, oh, they're so young. Look at the children. <laughs> even though that's me like a few years ago. But yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, we're in a time where, yeah, we're not putting up with stuff anymore. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. We're like trained to put up with stuff and it's not, yeah. it's not natural. It's not healthy. No, and I think I think that in the past there wasn't the alternative and there wasn't there weren't resources like okay, you know, it was like sort of stick to your job because no matter what you're getting a paycheck every 2 weeks and what are you going to do instead? Go work at, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it was at the time. I worked at this place called Caldor, <laughs> which is not around anymore, but it was like it was like a small version of Target, I guess, like back in the day. One of my best jobs ever. I uh, worked in books and records. But, you know, I just, I, I just think that now there are communities, there are tools, there are resources that you have a, an alternative. And if you really want to start a business or you want to be a freelancer or you want to do something that is sort of, quote unquote, outside of the box, you actually can do it and, and be, be happy and not be like beholden to this like corporate nonsense that doesn't do anything to add to your life. Yeah, I guess the the trick there is actually taking the leap and actually using those resources and sticking with it. Yes. Staying the path. Yes. You know, that's because again, like all these resources in there and, and I see, you know, myself and Omekwa and the Oasis to be a resource. But, you know, the main thing is like you can only help people that want to be helped. So on your side, yeah. you have to, you know, I guess every individual has to be like, what's preventing me from wanting help? What's preventing me from receiving help and being open to help? If you even have the, you know, take the time and the ability to see that you are, you may be actively resisting it, whether it's through, you know, not keeping those habits, not finishing that book, not finishing that course. Mm -hmm. It's like the world is so abundant in opportunities it's it's truly insane. It it really is. But you know, you have yeah. to be aware or have the self-awareness and openness to take advantage of them and stick with it. Yeah. It's almost like the the Malcolm Gladwell book, The Paradox of Choice, right? It's like you feel so much less satisfied when there's like a multitude of choices because you, you if you choose this one thing there's 10 other things that you could have chosen but it when you only have a choice between you know 
two things, you feel so much better about your choice because there's not a lot of alternatives. Um, and, and it's almost like that's how the, the world is. There's a myriad of, of choices. And so I think people don't end up finishing things because they're like, oh, well, you know, something else will come along or there's a million other things out there. I just think it's a commentary on our time. You really do have everything that you possibly could want at your fingertips, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, just to that, to make the choice simpler, it's really, am I going to choose to be an active participant in my life or am I going to choose not to be? That's truly like powerful question. Yeah. Yeah. That's the choice you have to make like actually every single day. You know, it's, it's a daily, a daily choice with every like, you know, relationship you decide to engage in with every time you open a social media app. Am I going to be an active participant in my life or not? Yeah. That I, I love that question so much because it is very easy to fall into, no, I'm just going to go along and, and sort of see what happens. And we know where that leads. Nowheresville. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bus straight to Nowheresville. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hate when people make that choice, but it's like, I, you know, you can't do anything about that because like only you know, that person can make that choice, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, I, I'm here and I think you're here too, to, to remind people to keep making the choice to be active participants. I think that's where we have the most functionality. Yeah. Of course, I would love to be able to speak to the people and convert the people, inspire the people who are making the choice to not be active and, and just be like, you know, Hey, I, I made that same choice that you're making right now too daily for years. You know, I was unconscious for years. I didn't even know. But it's like, hey, yeah, there's another way to live. Like it's a choice you have to make every single day. But you know, I'm here, Adrian's here to help keeping to help you keep making that choice. You know, but you have to make that choice. And I think that sometimes not that people don't want to hear it, but it's just not the right time for them to hear it. Like they're not tuned. And so even though sometimes I know that I even feel like some of the things that I try to encourage people to do and, you know, and if they don't do it, but I think that you and I, we need to keep putting these messages out there because the right people are going to hear them at the right time. And if we stop, then, you know, we're going to potentially not be able to help other people as well. So, I would encourage you to also like keep keep your message going. It's so positive. It's so filled with love. And it's filled with like getting back to humanity and who we are as people and using our resources. It's it's fundamental and it's basic. It's not complicated mm-hmm. to understand. It's in our nature. One it's in our nature. We just have to get back to it. Yeah. Well, let's end on that beautiful thought. I have enjoyed this conversation on a beautiful Friday here in New York so thoroughly, and it's just been an absolute joy. I'm so happy that you and I are in community together, and I can't wait to just you know keep watching you on your journey. And I am going to go in and uh, dip my feet in, in the water in the oasis. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.
the She Leads Podcast Network.